It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Garden Report is brought to you, as always, by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. A new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Once again, use the code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. From football to basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Once again, bet online where the game starts. Use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Come in, guys. Garden Report final preseason show, final preseason game. Real stuff is happening, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's uh, and so we're going to get into it. We're going to warn you ahead of time. It's going to be a short show, um, so we're going to go for about thirty minutes tonight. We're going to try to get it all in. And really, there's two big stories right now, and really only two things worth talking about. Uh, one overall, sure, yes, good effort tonight. Uh, missing four of your best six players. Uh, the Heat played their starters. They played it like a real game. Uh, that was great. They lose, but I liked overall what we saw. Don't pay attention to the final score. This was a good game. Actually, there's mo- there's a few good things to talk about, but the bad thing is the first thing, and we have to talk about it because it's really a kick in the teeth um, for anybody here um, who's got a lot <laughs> of Rob Jones. Williams. Uh, for anyone who's got a lot of Rob Williams stock, and that's me, um, Rob is has been diagnosed with uh, uh, knee tendinopathy, which is basically patellar tendinitis, which is known as jumper's knee. Um, we're not going to play doctor here. We're just going to say this freaking stinks. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to play. I told you so with the he didn't look right, but he hasn't looked right. And he doesn't look like he's been jumping. And one of the reasons he's not jumping, he has jumper's knee. And he... So here we freaking go with this guy, man. And I, I don't even know what to do. I'm so depressed about it. You guys? I thought it was fatigue. I didn't know this thing is like medical now, you know? That, that's what worries me. But uh, it's it's still early, John. But I hear what you're saying. All right, put it well, there. Joe Sway, I, I'm not pulling the it's early card on this one. Uh, because no, this is this, because we Because this is an issue. And you know this, Joe Sway. We've been talking about Rob Williams and potential and trying to work through injuries forever and a day. And so this is par for the course with that guy. 
Um, I love his game. I love when he's healthy. But that's the problem. I can't get his ass healthy enough for any extended period of time. Is this bad luck, though? Is this bad luck, no. or is this you didn't take care of yourself when you were supposed to? And I'm not just trying to be that guy, but I'm just asking straight up. I don't think I don't think it's that. I, I think this is just he's going to be someone who it's a roll of the dice whether he's going to be healthy or not. It re- so it's it. Yeah. So I think I think it's a, a, a kind of a chicken or the egg thing. I think he's not in great shape. I didn't. I that he looked to me not like a person who put on muscle through a training program in the off season. He just looked bigger. He looked puffier. He didn't look chiseled or jacked or rounded shoulders or cut up arms he looked thicker to me it looked to me like a guy who didn't work out much this offseason now what you don't know is one we don't know that's for sure he might just have one of those like paul pierce style bodies that doesn't really get cut up and that's just how he is and that's how he's gonna look fine Uh, you can give a bunch of benefit of the doubt sort of things but what we don't know is if is he not able to go hard to go through a rigorous offseason to change his body type to get into physical condition, good physical condition, because he has these chronic issues and this blood flow thing and all of this stuff that he's constantly dealing with, keeping him from really being able to work and get and so he's always got to manage what he does physically speaking, or is he in bad shape, which is why he keeps getting hurt because he has muscle weakness everywhere. And an explosive athlete like Rob, who's bounding all over the place and flying through the sky has weakness in uh, all around, you know, his muscles causing tendonitis in his joints and his knees and things like that. I have no idea what it is, but I, I think this is the last thing in the world you wanted Bef- on the eve of the start of the season on a guy you just put your faith in and gave the money to. And again, I don't know if he shows up and he plays the opener and he plays 20 straight games and fine. Everyone can say, John, you freaked out and overreacted for nothing. I'm just not seeing it going that way. And I I am, you know, I'm on a, you know, as optimistic as I am about Rob in general, uh, I'm, I'm mashing the panic button right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I am mashing the panic button. I'm I'm not mashing a panic button. I but I'm I'm concerned about this because it is a chronic issue with him. And the thing in John, you kind of alluded and, to and this. Udoka's playing it cool. Udoka apparently is saying he'll be all right. We'll see. I just don't We've trust heard that his, before. I don't We've trust the health medical stuff. So that's my yeah. thing, yeah, and especially on Rob. He's, but, he's new. He's new to the to the team. So he yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's what they told you. It doesn't really mean <laughs> that's the case. But uh, but go ahead, Sherrod. Go ahead. No, I, 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 to, to your point earlier, we don't know the, the trickle-down effect of the blood flow issue and some of the other injuries he's had on his ability to, to get in shape. Uh, we, and my concern right now is that you've got a player who is only going to be able to give you peak 20, 25 minutes a game. And that, that blows if that's, what, if, that, if that's like the ceiling for him. If, he, if that's the most you're going to get from him in terms of playing time. And as, as some of the folks in the chat have mentioned, I mean, it, it you have, kind of have you thinking about Moses Brown and how he would have been nice to just be able to kind of throw out there just yeah. to see what he could do. Yeah, that's funny you say that because I was thinking that that was the insurance policy on Rob, and they that's just what let I that thought. policy go. Like, yeah, for no reason. That was the yeah. classic. Al is older. Rob is injury prone. I, I was stunned at the Mo Brown thing, and everyone's like, "Dude, Mo Brown sucks." It doesn't matter. It's a. Yeah. It, it's a. It's a rotational bench big that made no money that was controllable for years. He was, and Sherrod even said it, 
you know, Sherrod and I were both banging that you don't trade a guy like you Mo do. Brown. You're thrilled to have Mo Browns on your team because guys who can play, who make that little, and you have them locked up and controlled. <laughs> but this 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 comment here is interesting because this is so the first... about my voice, man. What's with this mic? Am I do I sound weird or what? Yeah, just I I, I have as much faith in your technical capabilities as I do Rob's health when it, in, in these shows. Okay. It's about the same. It's about, <laughs> but man, this, I'm this crystal com- clear this time. Though. <laughs> this comment is, is everything. Cause we talked about it when Rob said this to Bobby, you know, and he said it, he said, or when we were talking about when Rob said this in the off season, my goal is to play 60 games. We were like, that's a shitty goal. Like that's three quarters of the season. Your goal is your pie in the sky dream is to play 75% of games. And that was a major red alert for me. He knows his body better than anybody. And when he, when he, when he dropped that 60 game nugget, that should have been our clue that, you know what? He knows that his body is not going to withstand the rigors of a typical NBA season that he's going to have to take some timeouts. He's going to miss some games. They're going to have to go load manage with, with him. I think it's pretty obvious. But everyone's yeah, but telling I, me I'm being. Everyone's we, telling me I'm being a. I'm freaking out for no we reason. We knew this before the start of the season, though. I'm gonna try to use my like when I was 12 voice, I guess, or eight voice. But we knew this before the before before the season even started because we knew the track record that Rob has going into this. What you thought that just a, a magic summer or the, or the fact that <laughs> fresh off of fresh off of what we saw last season? Did you really think that he was gonna come in and and play 30 minutes? It doesn't work Joe, that way. Plus Joe, all the extra weight that he's put on. All the muscle he's put on, Joe Sway's anonymous right now. Yo, I don't know what's man. <laughs> what about now? What about now? What about now? <laughs> I'm about to throw away this whole. Our, our, our demands are as follows. <laughs> <laughs> you will flip the money into the drawer. Oh, I get a million dollars. I mean, it wasn't the worst. That's so good. Put on the mask. Go well, full we, anonymous here. But no, in all seriousness, guy, we knew we we're gonna have Andy, to ramp him up here. Yeah, I'm gonna plug yeah. this whole thing. Your mic is crackling too. You're, you're, you're. I like right now. The Wi-Fi is the best thing you have going. And that's the which thing. Is, I which, is, which is sad. Yeah. Uh, so good. So all, so all you guys with Rob Williams stock. Are you, are you guys ready to just completely? cash it in or are you going to ride this out a little bit i you know me sherrod by now i i ready to cash that shit in i react instantly okay to things and yes i might do i overreact maybe from time to time do i am i right every once in a while or a lot quite a bit (laughs) we went from once in a while to quite a bit damn but this Rob thing, I what the first preseason game, I come in there, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to make it all about Rob. But you have a choice. I'm really worried about Rob. You know, like I didn't like what I saw at all. Josue, you got to go. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I want to remind everyone again about our sponsor, a new sponsor on the Garden Report, Insa. Okay, another green team you should know all about. Get it? Ooh, yes. I get it. Yeah, get it. Uh, Massachusetts Premier Cannabis Dispensaries, INSA, that's I-N-S-A, Premier because they're the founders, Pat and Pete, they re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it while never forgetting it's for everyone. INSA dispensaries are inviting and modern, so come in. 
uh, and you can learn more. The staff are friendly. They're authorities on the product and on the science. They can answer every question, the difference between flowers, concentrates, offerings for insomnia, anxiety, whatever you have it, or if you just want to chill with your friends. Uh, it has a world-class chef and only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft. Uh, so Okay. You, yep. The North Shore loves should, them. We yep. should do a little insta before one of our sh next shows. Yeah. Just to see what happens. Yeah, I usually do it with about 15 minutes left in the show. I, I, I take, you know. <laughs> yeah. God, God, yeah. I was doing it in the fourth quarter. That's why, I, that's why you always get a little loopy towards the end. I'm going to be right back, guys. <laughs> oh, boy. That's how that, John survived the fourth. When the screen no, goes but, black uh, for a minute. I'm going to insta. Uh, the same so, location, yeah. neighbors, right down the street from me. Everybody right down the street. about them. So Salem, East Hampton, two Springfield locations, uh, including one just off uh, I-91 next to the MGM Casino. Uh, mentioned oh. the Garden Report, told you to stop by for a sweet T-shirt for just a penny. Uh, go to insa.com if you want to inquire, 877-500-INSA. Uh, once again, our sponsor, Insa. Go to insa.com. Anyway, I, I, I'm not taking victory laps over that, but I, I, I'm quick to make a judgment. I didn't like what I saw early, early, early. And yeah. then the, 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 the diagnosis kind of confirms what the eye test is telling you, that he's got a little something. So we'll see. We'll see. And some people are saying I'm never right. Okay. Yeah. Never right. No, not about Kemba. We had, a, we had a group apology cam at the end of last year, but sure. Um, Bobby. Hey. What did he may say? He said, everything's fine. Rob's going to be great, right? Yeah, I mean, he said we'll keep an eye on him. So we'll see where this goes. But, I mean, it wasn't your death sentence. <laughs> it's not. It's a bad sign, like, to have this right now. Right? No, it is. Yeah, because I mean, this is something that, like, tendonitis or tendinopathy, whatever you want to call about it, that by definition is a lingering thing. And I actually right. asked that once, you know, he gave the prognosis that he will be back, um, whether that's going to be something they have to manage game by game. And he said he hasn't heard anything on that yet. So I think there's still some information to come on this, um, but it is good that they're at least aiming to have him back within a game. We won't see him for 10 games. Game. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be stunned if that's what ends up happening. I so. wouldn't be stunned. I'd be stunned if he played early in the first couple of games. Um, Yo, I don't need no stinking mic. Which yes, is fine. Right. I mean, I was saying this in the group chat. Rob's the ceiling raiser on this team, but in terms of surviving game in and game out, it's not devastating to be missing him a few games here or there. You want to play the long game with actually having him ready at the most important time of year, which is kind of what they did last year, I felt like, with the minute limitations and everything else there. And this team isn't as thin at yeah. that center spot as last year's was where it's devastating to be missing him. But we're but we're reaching the point like the problem here is like it's not an overreaction to the injury. It is you know we were basing everything on Rob on injuries being fluky, him not being injury prone and you 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 take the leap of faith and you give him the contract and you say that for this team to get to the next level you're going to need Rob to continue his ascent to be all-star caliber and now we're recalibrating expectations and saying eh, if they get something out of him we're fine no he's supposed to be a star on this team and if he's not you you should not have paid him a freaking cent and you should have just oh, gone back on, to the John. if he's if this That's is a, what you have if but you if, knew that was a gamble worth taking though john i thought it was a gamble worth taking only because 
at worst, you get what you got last year, which is probably worth close to. So you're not going to lose. What do you got? Right. Yeah, but you have more than a year to work with that, John. Right? This isn't. This isn't. You're not. You know. You're not doing. It's surprising they didn't go with more of an incentive-based contract for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. I my only thinking on that is if you go the incentive route with the things we've been talking about with setting up trades is that that doesn't count toward salary matching and that kind of thing if he doesn't hit those numbers. So I think they minimize that as much as possible. It only ended up being about like six million there. But but the thing with Rob is we we were trying to decide whether or not we thought the injuries were a bit fluky and if he gets himself right has a full off season he goes in there and there's no reason why he can't play. But now you're starting to think it's chronic. He's got issues that are never going to go away and you're starting out with this right out of the gate and completely throw yeah that's the concern right that's the big concern is we can now i think we can now feel fairly confident when we say this is how it's going to be with him last year we could ask questions is it fluky was there a few things going on you know or is he just a guy who's going to always be dealing with injuries because of x y and z it's hard to think that's not going to be the case which is really depressing because it's just more a reality check than anything that's all it's the question is whether he can play through this stuff right i don't you know, know. Through the tariff toe and, and what if he, he plays it things what if he plays and he's not the explosive role what if the version of him you see you see is the guy we saw in the preseason yeah, who again that's... i don't know why people argued with me on like twitter over this like he looks fine he clearly didn't look fine he didn't jump the whole preseason he never got off his feet up over the rim and did anything explosive he was very measured and played really Taking slow jump shots yeah. jump shots it was very passive and so unlike him he didn't do anything to showcase his freakish athleticism which is what separates him from everybody without that what is he not what very are they good. without him That's what serious Sherrod, what is he without that he's not okay. very good yeah. They're not, but they're not very good because he provides a dynamic to their roster that no one else can. The gravity, yeah. and and they and you can't make up that athleticism. You can't make up that size. Uh, we, we saw Ennis Cantor is a great offensive rebounder. He can score around a rim, but defensively, he's a turnstile. He, he's he's not stopping anyone. Yeah, and that we we saw. I mean. I'm listening to Scal in the broadcast, and he's talking about. I'm trying to figure out where exactly is Ennis supposed to be on this particular defensive rotation because he seems that to be the one. Scary. Yeah, you just don't you don't know how he fits in and what you're trying to do defensively. And then you look at Al's in, in you know in, in isolation now, and the really it, scary thing about Cantor is that. The, they can't run the system that they want to run here. It no, doesn't seem like they want to drop as much. He's just day. a few minutes coming off the bench in spurts and see if you can get some offense and he can work it on the glass. Um, we because this is going to be a short-ish show. I do want to. We do have to move on. I could. We could talk about this for a while because I do think it is a large story. But I think it will uh, not do justice to some of the other people who definitely deserve some of our time. And so I'm going to let Sherrod start out with his boy. Who has now Sherrod, because of my this is the dumbest thing I've ever done is as far as it, as far as investment goes. I was the only guy holding Romeo stock. Literally yeah, I, the, o- the only guy I on the planet. It from John for like 10 and cents. I got it all. I and got I, all our Romeo I, stock when it I was worthless. It, I dumped it for nothing. I, I had all of it. I dumped it for nothing. Thank now you I, very much. Now, so again, this is the guy who I thought. We might see, and then gave up on after the after the lackluster Vegas league. We're like, nope, same guy. He doesn't get it. And my God, three oh two weeks ago, Bobby, we're talking about 
he might not even have a role, period, on this team. I mean, I remember Jay King did his minutes breakdown on the Athletic, and he had Romeo with zero. <laughs> so, And then everyone uh, now, got hurt. I know, but uh, Gerard, <laughs> you start in on it because you you've got all the stock, so you you get all you get all the airtime. Well, here's the thing about Romeo that I like. He's doing exactly what you want him to do, and that is make the most of your your moment out there. He's either knocking down shots, playing good defense, doing all the things that if you are a young guy who know is you know it's not going to get much burn, but now you got your moment. Do the damn thing, make plays. Force Ime to choose between whether he's going to play you or someone else. Am I going to play the guy who's being productive or am I going to play the guy who I like? Romeo is making it very hard for Ime to keep him out of that, that top six, seven, eight man rotation. And that's right. what you're supposed to do. And he, and the thing is, all he's doing, all he's doing is what he's capable of doing. There's nothing fancy or special about what Romeo's doing. He's he's wide open. He's making a shot. A guy beats you off the dribble, close out, force him to take a contested shot. All the basic fundamental things, and he's, he's doing it consistently now. Yeah. He's scoring yeah. at three levels, though. And I'll even I'll even take it one step further, right? Because obviously he's doing the fundamentals. He's he's where he's supposed to be. He's running the plays, but he's also adding a little finesse to it, right? A little of his own salt in it, you know, if you will, right? Putting the ball on the floor, yeah. getting those open looks. You know, he's kind of feeling himself. Yeah, he had that look going. He, you know, he's feeling himself. You know, he was you know, talking to Max a bit because he, he talked to him. I mean, he played with him back when, when, when he was with the Celtics, you know, a couple years ago. He's chit-chatting. Like, this is someone that's looking way more comfortable out there, whether it's coming in a different kind of role, whether it's starting. He's out there. He's playing. He's not thinking too much. And he's doing his thing. I mean, honestly, sometimes I feel like we get some more of this Romeo when he's on the road. But I know overall, just from the preseason, from what we've seen, he's he certainly stepped it up overall. But I just feel like tonight he was just sort of in the zone, but very comfortable out there, which is a very good sign. He's the story of the preseason, right? I think so. I would say well, so. Yeah. Other than other than obvious, the guys missing who should the be injuries out there, and all that. But, but in terms right, of a right. player, and and this is yeah. this is what's crazy. You know, how many times did we say last year? Secret to the team's success is not who they get, and it's not what they do in free agency or if they swing a big trade. It they'll be better if if the kids that they currently have get better and if they don't they won't everybody looks better romeo looks leaps better neesmith has shown some improvement for sure he uh he had a, a couple of pull-ups uh and uh you know step back uh tonight uh he's stepping into his shots he's hitting his threes earlier instead of starting cold which i definitely think hurts him uh pritchard we saw him in summer league he looked like he could score from you know anywhere uh and his shot you know looks lethal right now Slim Grant is friggin' skying for dunks right now. Everybody but Rob. How are you, how are you not going to mention Peyton Pritchard? That's I my did. story. He I did. did. You did. You just blanked right out, my man. Oh, <laughs> he's the story of the preseason. You, 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 he's pre the one passing you prejudged me. You're like, no, John's no, not going to no, mention no. Bobby, Pritchard. Bobby just wants to get in his, his two cents about seeing uh, Pritchard. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to repeat what you said last week about the whole starting business, but you oh, know, God. getting that vital role just out of the sole fact that he's, one of the better, if not the best three-point shooter on this team right now. So that's that's what Bobby's getting at, I think. Yeah. And the facilitation's getting there. I mean, he has helped Langford and Neesmith come along here. That's a big part of this, too. But Langford, I'm not going to take away from anything here. Like, you were right. We we thought this guy was lost <laughs> media day saying, I don't know my role here. All of a sudden, I think there's a real chance this guy could start if, uh, if Al Horford and Jalen Brown are missing Ooh. on opening night. Langford. Neesmith, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Neesmith is I think, right now. If Rob misses it, 
I, I'm going. Hey, then, then he's a lock to start. I think because you're going to start Horford as a traditional big. You're going to mm-hmm. start Tatum. You're going to start Marcus, and then who? I think I think he's the fourth automatic. Richardson, starter. maybe. I think it's Richardson or Langford, and yeah. depending if Brown's out. It's yeah, Romeo, too, then, man. Yeah, I, I, I think, think he may be both. I think he may showed you tonight what he thinks. Um, this was supposed to be the, the game where, yeah, this is the dress rehearsal. Um, and if Romeo start, well, we say that, but then Jabari started. But I think that was just, <laughs> yeah. Nothing win his plan for Ime. This whole preseason, okay. This whole preseason, Ime is like, yo, this is what head coaching life is like. Jeez, like, right? I can't Does play anybody on anything to go my way? Like, Right. Well, Langford compliments these starters well, too. That's Not a good point, Josue. My God, is he dealing with a lot right now? In he hasn't even had his, ten, his first his debut. You know, his official debut hasn't even happened yet. Jeez. Right. Wait till wait till something wait till something real happens, and then you start to question his you know performance. Right now, he's just oh, dealing with friggin' yeah. you know. If this team if this team comes out the gate five hundred, uh, like a ten and ten or twelve and twelve, yeah, that 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 train will come up. For sure. That yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile Schroeder's stepping on guys. <laughs> but but Rome, guys, like oh, I said, Butler stepped step on his foot first. That was a turning point in this that game. Was a back and forth. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on, guys. I know it's preseason, but you already know I was so hyped when Jason Tatum said, Hold on, young, hold on, veteran. That's my man you about to step on real quick. He didn't get in his face, right? He didn't get in Jimmy Butler's face. Oh, but is there a confrontation? That's the attitude I want to see from Jason Tatum, okay? Does that Protect count as a guys. confrontation? Yeah, a little confrontation in preseason. I like it. That's a twenty. That's a twenty twenty one confrontation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm but that's, a, that's as good as it gets. So I'll take it. Let's we'll go. see well, if Max counts that one. The last guy, because like I said, because it's a short, <laughs> I know I got to tell Max about that. Because it's a short show, the last guy we do have to talk about here uh, is definitely Schroeder. Um, we hadn't gotten a chance to see him, and he was just hitting threes and jumpers in Bobby's eye all night. Um, <laughs> Just, just stepping back and putting it right in Bobby's face, um, all night long. No, but he looked. Look, what do you like about him? He attacks. He attacks. He attacks. He attacks. And that's such take, a big, John. Huh? Yeah. You had a take on this development here in terms yeah. of a starting point guard on this team. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I, I mean, right now, in a very, I like make. Like I said, I make quick judgments. You know, I, I wonder Schroeder if Schroeder for the Hall of Fame. I wonder, Schroeder, <laughs> I wonder if Schroeder took Marcus's job tonight. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I mean, I mean, quiet as cat. The way he was playing I mean, out there, too. On, on this, on the last episode of the A-List podcast, Kwani and I had that very conversation. Because yeah. when, when we talked about Marcus being suspended, I mean, think about it. The last time Marcus missed the game, um, well, not the last time, but remember how Isaiah Thomas got his opportunity. Marcus missed the game. And then he, and then that smoke snowballed into more games. Next thing you know, Isaiah Thomas is like an all star, and Marcus is a really good six man. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen with, with with Schroeder, but would any of us be shocked if it did? Well, the reason no, no. is because we've be always said we truly believe Marcus's best role is as a sixth man. I think he's miscast as a starting point guard with the 
asked to carry the load in the in the way that a traditional starting point guard does. He's not great at creating shots and creating offense. He's not a bad passer, but he's not elite by any means. And he doesn't have a deadly shot. So he is he's one of those give the game what it needs sort of guys, fill a b- bunch of different roles, come off the bench, play point, play shooting guard, play power forward if you have to, guard Zion in the post. He literally does everything. But everyone, the philosophy with Marcus was, if he only has one job to do, he'll be better at it. But he's not excellent at that. It's not his, he's not born to be a point yeah, guard. I just think this was a unique situation, though, because when you look at Marcus and how long he's been with the team and what he means to the team, it was sort of like you had to give him that opportunity to, to, to definitely lead the team. You know what I mean? Like you had to give him that opportunity. And especially when you look at the, the score first point guards that you just went through, right? And he sat there in the wing. Not to, not to say that he deserved to start over those guys, but he was able to find his own role. And I think that in terms of being a passer and a facilitator, he was coming off his best season of doing that. So it was sort of in the cards for him to, to take on this role. But yeah, if Schroeder does steal it, I it wouldn't shock me. But Politically, I think that the Celtics are going to just, they, they wouldn't just make that change right away. It, it would have to be gradual. I agree. Politically, Ime couldn't do it. Exactly. Exactly. Politically, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be good for him. I think. I think Schroeder should play. I think he should play a ton because he's automatic scoring. You know, you got to get up to whatever amount of points you're going to need. He puts pressure on the defense. He's an agitator. He's an ultimate agitator. I love those guys. And I think he's just. He he's the best driver on this team. I think you know the most pure speed. And defensively, you have to look over your shoulder every time. Yeah. You no, want yeah, to put pressure on the defense. You want to make it hard to play against. When you just sit back and you shoot a bunch of jumpers, you make it really easy on the defense. Like you want guys pressuring, you know, and, and go into the hole. And, you and know, so getting... that's why I want him on the bench. He can kind yeah. of have his own time there to take a bunch of shots, do what he needs to do to put up the numbers and lead that second unit. I think that was the whole idea in bringing him here. When you hear me talk about we had conversations with guys coming in about their roles, starting bench, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, even Schroeder himself said, I want, you know, you always want to start, but whatever this team needs, I think they're fully prepared to have him come off the bench and own well, that role. And again, he did that in Oklahoma City stupendously. Yeah, but the one thing he did mention that doesn't hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention is, yeah, he's OK with coming off the bench, but he wants to be on the floor down a stretch. He, he made that pretty clear. He wants to be in that last five. Not the That's first the five. big question with this right. team. Who's, who's, that who's your last five? five? Who, what's your closing group? And, 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 and Schroeder, he wants to be well, with I, that group. I think it's I, I think you're gonna have a very clear dynamic. If you're ahead, you're gonna want Marcus. And if you're behind, you might want somebody who creates more offense. So you can see games where they're trailing or it's close or they're having a difficult time getting buckets. That Schroeder's getting those minutes. Um, and I think I you're gonna see all- both, though, no? That's your offense I, defense right there. I think the only yeah, thing you're worried about, and I think this is a Depending part of Marcus's, the, yeah. but this is a part of Marcus's game that he's added to. At least this is what I've seen before he was suspended. He's yeah. starting to attack the rim more, obviously looking for open guys, but he's got to find ways to score while he's in there. You know, pick yeah. his pick his pockets and you know, pick, pick time throughout the game where he can get Shoot in there. Some threes, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, it but also, yeah. also knock down your free throws. <laughs> like that's something I think that if he can get that up and he gets more confident in that, then you have your offense defense, then you have your backcourt to finish the games. And it won't necessarily Ooh. matter whether the both of those guys are starting or not. By the end of the year, we'll be talking about Pritchard in this in this conversation. I love it. Bobby, I'm going to ask you this question because I have to bail. Um, do, you, are, do you have studio control and you want to keep going for a little bit? I can. I just need you to send me that link, that you're, the page <laughs> you're on right now. Um, so you go back. You got to leave and go to events studio. Go to events. 
and log right. in with your log in with your uh, controls. Uh, we'll keep talking for a little bit. I have to bail, but Bobby might keep the show going. Sherrod also is not going to be super long for this night, but there are a few things we did want to talk about, Schroeder being one of them. I did think we saw a little bit out of Richardson tonight we hadn't really seen yet, and that yeah. was important for him because he'd been a uh, kind of uh, – uh, lightning rod for a lot of fans uh, on mm-hmm. this team. But again, I don't know. It's really hard to guess who earned their minutes and who's going to play where in the rotation because they might start the season without three starters or two starters. Yeah, but I, I think Rome, I think Romeo has locked himself into being in that top eight rotation, whether it's a starter coming off the bench. I can't see them going into that opener, even if you've got everyone healthy and good to go without Romeo being in that top eight or nine right now. He's been yeah. that good. He's been that good. Yeah. It's it's no question. You got to ride this wave and, and and see where it gets you. I mean, at this point too, you know that Romeo has been he's, he's had a frustrating start to his career. So it's like, if this is what we're getting out of him, and he's obviously feeling comfortable and and, and feeling great out there, then keep it going. You know, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean you you squeeze him for all his worth. But I just think keep him in that rotation will be huge for his confidence and also for the outlook of the season. You know, you want you want that to be be a consistent thing, or if not, you know, let him earn his his keep so to speak you know he sort of earned that spot i think up until this point all the way from summer league you can even tie that into you know tie that into what we're seeing the, the past couple of weeks yeah. yeah yeah absolutely i'm gonna bobby you can let yourself in if you have studio control he is in um i'm gonna bail guys i'm gonna let bobby run the show from here Sherrod, if you want to leave just tell these guys you're leaving we are back. leaving we are back <laughs> we are back when wednesday wednesday, wednesday. night People are talking about whether we'll do a preview. We might do something earlier in that day. We might do a preview. Oh, we'll show. have some breaking news, John. Come on. Uh, we, we will definitely be. Uh, we might jump on for a little bit, even if it's just me and Bobby pregame or Joe Sway or whoever's around. Post game for sure. We're going to hang out. Uh, so make sure you keep it with us. I'm going to bail. I'll let these guys continue talking. Um, but again, uh, some good things. Uh, Rob. I, I need some good news. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Romeo, my Romeo, Romeo, my guy. <laughs> Romeo was balling out. Yeah. All right. Almost All like right, a complete one eighty. I'm out. There goes Sharad. It's gonna be Joe Sway and Bobby. Wow, he was serious. <laughs> he was joking for about sixteen seconds. This is fine. We used to do this. Yeah. Um, we'll go I a few more minutes mic, here. And it got it got weird on me. Now my camera's getting weird on me. Oh no. Hold on, we'll go back to the normal view. All right, we'll there take a few questions. I think we um we can do a little national conversation here too, at least in the east, kind of seeing where things are at here as the season gets started. Um, any questions people have about the Celtics going into the year, we'll take them here in the chat. As and we then do before we go, we got to hit my Darth Vader voice. All right, I'll plug the mic back. <laughs> we'll do the whole thing again. So when you look at the east, Joe Sway, back your Barry White voice. What's up? Where, where do you see the Celtics stacking up here? I still think, I still think best case scenario. I mean, if I'm if I'm a betting man, that that fourth seed is maybe they they lock that up, and that's not the worst case. Home in court. The world. Yeah, fourth. I don't know if I could put them in that third spot, but then again, we have to wait to see what Brooklyn looks like. You know, I, I'm still having those you know preconceived notions of of what that team's going to look like at the end of the at the end of the, of the regular season, and you know, the, with or without Kyrie, we'll have to wait and see, but. That's still a pretty. That's still a really good Brooklyn Nets team out there. And, and in the meantime, I'm going to put the Celtics at like four best case scenario. They get the home court advantage in the playoffs. But I mean, Rob is obviously going to. This is going to be a slow start for him. You know, regardless of where you fall in this conversation in terms of this going to be the story of Rob's career or whether this is going to be something that's 
uh, another year that we have to add to those, you know, the, the frustrating ramp ups to to till we finally see him put it all together for a full, complete regular season. I still think it's a little early. I mean, I was concerned about him being more out of shape than anything. And I was thinking, you know, we, we've seen this in the past before, especially third, four year guys who come into training camp, not in the best of shape. And they sort of think, and especially when you think about the last two seasons, the way they were combined. And now these guys finally get a full off season. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's natural. It's human nature to lay back and maybe, maybe not stay in the gym as much as you usually would. You know, maybe that's the case. And, and, and obviously that doesn't help for someone with chronic injury like this because you have to work your way out of that or at least wait for it. But when it comes to Rob, I, I'm still going to wait it out a bit. We'll see what happens. But if this is the story of the regular season, then that, that drastically changes the Celtics' you know, outlook for where they're going to be ranked up when it comes to playoff time. For sure. To me, he's the ceiling raiser. Like if this team yeah, is going to jump right. into that I mean, top three yeah. echelon, it was going to be because he's pushing them at Definitely. that eight and three you know, percentage, whatever that is in terms of win percentage when he was out there as a starter with this group. He didn't look like himself all preseason. And to me, the conditioning, and he did comment on his own conditioning, you know, could be better. I I don't think he's brutally out of shape. You know, I don't think he's in his elite prime shape. They could be. But it doesn't line up to me with the motivation he talked about in getting the contract, the goals he had set out for this year. Maybe it's a case of he doesn't know how hard he could work. You know, maybe he thinks this is like the peak of that he could, you know, be going in at. And it's actually another echelon that he could be rising to workout wise. But you see this guy, he's, you know, eight, you know, 11 feet over the rim, 11 feet off the ground when he's dunking. Mm. I don't think that's a guy who's just mailing it in the weight room and, you know, not putting the work into his body that he needs. Now, in terms of the health. There's a reason this guy went 27 of the Celtics at the end of the day. You know, we've heard about blood condition. Uh, he's had the hip issue, knees galore, all the kinds of issues with the knees. And it's both knees yeah. now. It was the other knee last year. Which you don't want to hear from a young seven-footer. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like he's just kind of predisposed to these things. There were concerns about his work ethic and, you know, burst and engine at A&M. The Time Lord thing, what made him Time Lord, I think that came and went very quickly. I think all the other stuff, he's kind of proven wrong. The health, sometimes guys just have terrible medicals and, you know, it follows through. And a guy's never the same. Look at Michael Porter on Denver, you know, just became a $200 million man. He went 14th. That's the number one pick in the draft if his medical was better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially that draft, too. That was a guy that everyone was talking about on draft night because you had no idea where he was going to land. You know, it's just interesting because we're I just don't want that three month span or whatever the case was, you know, last season or to, to be lightning in the bottle. Like the story of Robert Wood, like that's where he peaked. What if? obviously there's you, too many what Celtics, ifs in Celtics history already. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you sign them, you sign them to this contract. And again, you know, you I don't know if you were here for when John was talking about how like, how could you do that? Doesn't that? That was a gamble worth taking, though. And I think everyone would agree with that. You know, you couldn't let him get out into the open market, especially if he was able to match what we saw last year or better yet, even do perform better. He'd be long gone. And, and if you're the Celtics and especially Celtics fans, they would say, well, why didn't you resign him? I just think it's an investment worth taking or, 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 you know, worth waiting for. I'm not quite ready to hit the pen button yet. Not yet. No. And I think with all the guys that they've lost, Hayward, Irving, Morris, Roger, for nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Right. You at least put yourself in a position – all right, maybe Rob fizzles out, 
Right. You can get a second round pick for him eventually or something. If someone else wants to take a flyer and I'm not, it's way down the line. Ultimately, I think the motive there is to have money on the books to make a big splash, maybe a stepping stone trade in between to that big splash. Uh, you just give yourself a lot of flexibility with what they did. Again, no one's becoming free agents in the NBA over the next couple of years. Uh, they didn't prevent themselves from doing anything by you know, signing these different guys. Everybody's taking that guaranteed money. I think you're going to see Bradley Beal take that massive contract very quickly within the next year or so here and maybe make a decision from there. Um, this talk of Zion, I think Zion has his eyes elsewhere if he ultimately makes that bold decision to pass up on the massive max contract with New Orleans at the end of his rookie deal. That would be the first time anybody ever did that. But again, you look across the league. Is anybody out there that you want that, Resigning Rob, resigning Smart, doing those things prevents you from doing. I, I think it almost puts you in a better position to make one of those kind of deals uh, in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they they gave him a whole lot, you know. When you look at the years per, but I just think if he's broken goods or damaged goods, he or, makes less than Kelly Olynyk during this deal. <laughs> what's that? He makes less than Kelly Olynyk over the course of this deal. I know, I know, which is which is funny because you you think of the, the deal that he signed after he left Boston with Miami and. But I just think it's, again, it's one of those risks that is worth taking. And even if it doesn't pan out, yeah, sure, you could squeeze them in a trade, but it just it makes it harder now, though, right, Bobby? Because I, I just don't – I don't know if teams want to sign up for that type of that type of uh, player, you know, who's, who has those chronic injuries. Unless I don't think chronic, Rob has great value. Of his deal, you know, we're, talk, we're talking towards the back end of that deal, maybe, but – No, I don't think Rob has great value around the NBA right now. I think yeah, that's what I mean. So it's tough. If someone says, all right, I can have this guy as a flyer, and I am listed as John Zanish right now. Oh, yeah. So. Nobody mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to try to fill that part. Um, yeah, Kelly, I'm not going to knock Kelly. Kelly is a good player. But, again, that's where Rob is in the hierarchy. I think we all know Rob is a higher ceiling than Kelly if he hits it. I just pulled out this over-under list. I'm going to do more of this on Dome Theory over the weekend because I love doing this every year. Uh, but it does just give you an idea of where – you know, people who know some things hold the Celtics. I think the GM survey had them fifth in the East. Um, this one, over-unders, you got Nets 56 and a half. It's high. Uh, Bucks 54 and a half. Sixers 50 and a half. So people still high on the Sixers, despite hmm. the chaos there. And then 48 and a half the Heat, who um, the Celtics obviously saw today. And then it's actually tied for that fifth spot. Hawks. Celtics, kind of a toss up there, and it was a toss up last year. Yeah, see, people are gonna put they're gonna put the Hawks and Celtics neck and neck, and I guess that's fair, especially now with everything that's going on between Rob's injury and you know, but a lot of it's based on their performance from last season. But I mean, don't get me wrong, but Atlanta's gonna be a really good team. They'll they'll certainly be in the mix for sure. So they they they've earned that spot. So, but yeah, I'm sure Celtics fans are kind of like, well, you kind of have to give them their due. I like the Heat tonight, too. I really like that team. You know I love Kyle Lowry. That was a guy, if I could pick anybody in the league last year to put on that Celtics team, it would have been him. Yeah, you were trying to trade from the deadline. Yep. I was trying to trade for John Collins. There were a lot of guys I've pointed out that I think really could have helped the Celtics if they got proactive with it and aggressive. I mean, they still have six future first-round picks. That's a story for another day. Did you really Um, send that email, though, that you're going to (laughs) send? <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What?" Bobby emailed oh, something. You emailed Danny. Remember that? That was crazy. I told you don't do it. Man. I put out the pitch, but it got ignored. It went to the yeah. spam. 
Um, it went to the spam that he was like, wait a minute, what about Al, though? And then the whole thing started. That's- but remember, Josue, think of how thin the line is. This team slipped a little bit at the end of last year, and all of a sudden they're in a winner-take-all playing game to come into the playoffs. I don't think that's out of question this year if things aren't right health-wise, COVID-wise. There's a lot of variables yeah, I mean, that we're already starting right. to see. Barring, barring those injuries or barring, uh, uh, you know, Southern's missing a lot of games or players missing a lot of games because of uh, you know, COVID uh, protocols. But we're, we say that barring those injuries, right? I mean, I don't think going into the season that if, if everybody was healthy or relatively healthy, you know, and if that's the case, I think, I think you're disappointed, though, you know? Yeah. So 500 was the mark for the playing game last year. So that would be 41 wins this year. Um, Celtics slated 46 and a half. Now that would be a percentage out of 82. Cause last year they didn't play 82. So these numbers get a little mixed up five sixty seven, which last year would have been that six seed. Oh, I um, yeah, yeah. So like, that's kind of where this, like, like, I don't think anybody envisions them passing Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I'd really like Atlanta. I love the stride they hit last year. Obviously they were, you know, if Giannis stayed down and, you know, they got stayed on their feet a little bit, they had a real chance of making the NBA finals last year. So I think that's something they can pivot off. Um, Miami, I think they're in the same class. Uh, And so you're in that position that you said, fighting for four. Um, What you really don't want is the Knicks to exceed expectations, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Hornets. Do any of those wizards too? I put the wizards in that class. Do any of those teams intrigue you at possibly pushing Boston? Um, New York is tough. You say New York? Mm-hmm. They're there. They're better. They were better than Celtics last year. I mean, Chicago. Everyone's interest, interested to see what Chicago's going to look like, but I just don't know defensively if, if they're going to be enough to get themselves in there. But then again, I could be wrong. You know that the offensive firepower could make them a top five team, or at least put them in the conversation of fighting for that fifth spot. So, yeah, I, I guess those are the two teams that stand out to me the most. But it's going to be interesting because how this team matches up against the teams that will be ranked above them, it's going to be like that's the the approach in, in, in which they defend Giannis and the Bucks. Like, how does that work if Rob is not who he used to be, you know? Or, or how does that Joe work Sway. against a team All that right. has Al Horford now, that has Dennis Schroeder, two weapons that I'm going to continue to bring up the first couple of weeks heading into this regular season because they just needed those kind of guys, whether it was instant offense or whether it was two guys that can just keep that ball flowing. We got so sick and tired of seeing that stagnant basketball, that you go, I go, and, you know, everyone take their turns, and then we sort of half-heartedly play defense. No, like, that has to stop. And that's one thing I'd say probably tops the list on, on what's impressed me the most about this team overall is the fact that guys are holding each other accountable on the defensive end. So that's a that's a big, you know, that's sort of that's the kind of thing where you look at matchups and you say, OK, well, if they're the fourth seed, so what? They got home court and I like their chances against a team like the Bucs. I like the way they defend them, you know, or I like the fact that they, they're the only one of the few teams in the East that can really give the Brooklyn Nets a run for their money. You know, so I think I'm going to keep my eye on that more than I will for the standings. I mean, obviously, you want them to get home court because that's going to be a huge you know advantage in the playoffs. But overall, it's just this isn't going to be a team that just has enough talent to have a better record than most of those top two, three teams in the East. But that yeah, doesn't they mean could, you beat them in a seven-game series, though. Yeah, you're right. The talent, the top-end talent's not here. I mean, your third guy feasibly is Al Horford if he's playing like he did early in the preseason. That's what kills me. Yeah. Brown came out gunslinging. 
Oh, Horford looked like his old self. And now all of a sudden you have the cloud over their head. Like, is there going to be lingering effects from COVID for both of those guys? Are they going to get back on time? Seems like Brown will. Horford, there's a big question just because of the timeline. Uh, you know, we don't know either of their vaccination status, which I do think matters just in terms of the severity of the symptoms um, and just how it impacts guys. I think it lessens it, you know, scientifically here, if you do have that. And then, you know, just can this depth pan out? Can these young guys step up? The young guys is a huge development. I know John hammered down the first section of our show. Those guys being reliable rotation guys instead of, oh, geez, we got to play Langford, we got to play Neesmith. Like, that's how we looked at those kind of starting lineups last year. Tonight I looked, all right, Romeo's in the Langford, uh, Romeo's in the Langford, in the starting lineup. <laughs> I was excited, you know, just the way he's played, what he's given them, the activity. Yeah. Like, I'm he's for done, the first time ever. Yeah. I don't think that's a question mark anymore, right, Bobby? Like three games ago, he was a question mark. Now he's in the rotation. You know, he's not a starter. Well, maybe, but we have to wait and see. But people are gonna hate this. Ago, you ask me, I'm like, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't have a permanent spot in the rotation yet. He's got to earn it. People are gonna hate this. If I see Grant in the starting lineup on opening night, I won't be terrified. This is a guy who's playing well, moving well. Did you see his pick and roll dunk? Yeah, <laughs> you looked like Rob. <laughs> that was automatic too. It was one of those like he blinked twice. Next thing you knew, he was dunking. It was like he's getting up man. there. He's getting in passing lanes. He looks right. bouncy. This is not the Grant of 2020. So, kudos he could, he could to these young guys. Now look at him. I looked at the the young core on this team with so much disgust last year. Like I just didn't see the upside with these guys. They weren't improving. Pritchard did his thing in year one, but I didn't see a massive amount of upside with Neesmith, Grant, a big ability for these guys to get better. You know, some people would have just dumped some of these guys outright, and they ultimately did with Carson. Um, But all four of them came out and were markedly better players against real competition. They got starting opportunities against Orlando, and they really looked in control and confident and poised. So that was the moment of the preseason for me, and overall a good preseason for this team. You saw Absolutely. a burst from Schroeder. Is- uh, Richardson started to fit in. Uh, I thought Smart played well in that first game, and Brown was outstanding with that 16-point burst that he had in that first quarter. And Tatum, 40%, does that concern you? No. Let him get just, his reps in. Just He's firing just shots. Yeah. Yeah, but just get to the free throw line. He did revert to uh, being Mr. Complain about every single time on touch tonight. But other <laughs> than that, complaining I like too. I like his approach. Yeah, he complains a lot. He's, he's gone right back into that. Uh, I guess last thing before we get out of here, we can hit on the smart thing one more time because we did kick it around earlier this afternoon. And I don't think we've talked about it on here, actually. So, yeah, no, let's do yeah. this in full. Um, Marcus Smart suspended tonight out of the lineup, missed the flight to Orlando. Sean Grandy on the radio was saying that the Celtics went down to my or uh, Orlando on Monday early, two days early before the game. I don't know when Smart got in. He was there on Thursday talking about it, or rather not talking about it. They put him in front of the camera, and he he said, we're moving on. Uh, Woj had the report that he missed the flight. My thing is, I'm not an experienced reporter. I haven't been around the league a long time. I don't know how common this is. Does this happen all the time, and it gets swept under the rug and handled behind the scenes in a less public way than it happens here? Is this a troubling sign for a guy who's eight years into the league, not able to make the team flight? I don't have a good idea of, like just how seriously to take this but it does say something to me that they made the big public display leaked it to Woj and Shams before and got the whole attention of the Celtics media for a day on Marcus Smart and his mishap you know you could have easily covered this up and handled it in-house as Smart 
wanted it to be done and Ime said it was done, but yeah. at the end of the day, they put this out there in full view and that says something to me. Yeah, same. I agree. I think this is Ime Senna president. And I think that's something that he has to do, not only because he's the first, this is his first year leading this team, but you have to set that tone because you're putting Marcus in a situation where he's the starting point guard. He can't, he has to lead by example. And this is a bad example. And I thought that Ime maybe went out of his way on this one to sort of put it out there that, look, this was my decision. And Bobby, I love the fact that you asked him that question. Like, wait, is this a team decision? Or is this Ime suspending Marcus Morris? You know, I did, and he almost he hesitated a bit. He was like, you know what? No, I this, this is, is my role. I had with Marcus. So in other words, this isn't like oh, you know, just a my bad coach. You know, I, I messed up. No, like we specifically spoke about this. You know, so I think that that spoke volumes for the the whole team and for the direction that they're going in, and for the fact that you know, from us the outside looking in, or, or we know about it. Everyone knows about it. Celtics fans know about it. I think Ime is doing a good job of holding holding people accountable now. There's, that's not always it's not always the bad side of accountability, right? The good side is what we saw a little bit tonight. What I love to see out of Jason Tatum, which is not necessarily not only get into an opponent's face, but defend one of his guys, right? He helped Dennis Schroeder get up. I said, well, wait a minute, Jimmy, but back up. This is my guy. You know what I mean? That very first preseason game, we saw that out of two guys, in my opinion, Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson, two guys that weren't here last year. And I'm not saying that they're the ones that set the tone, but I just think it's a it's a it's a great way to look at where this team is compared to where they were, you know, in that last playoff game, you know, everyone's sort of holding each other accountable on defense. Everyone's sort of defending each other. And I also think I'll, I'll even take another a step further. I think guys stepping up is sort of like a bit of, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a display of what they've been going through in their progression, but also it's sort of like, Hey, we got each other's back around here. Marcus, you suspended. You know what? I'm going to ball out and do my thing. You know, we got each other's back out here. You know, damn, you know, Al's sick, you know, Jalen, you know, I think all of that is relevant with this team. And I think that's going to, that's going to really help this team become more tighter and, and, and make it seem, make them have that sort of us versus everybody else mentality. I think that that's really important. I think that's something that he made is trying to, to, to plant right away. He's doing a good job. <laughs> What line did Jay King use in his piece? What Brad Stevens would have said in that situation? <laughs> this is challenging or something like that. <laughs> no, what's the word he used to always say? Uh, it's an obstacle or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to pull up exactly what word Jay used. Jay is uh, a funny writer. Brad Stevens would have called the situation a curveball. A curveball. Curve yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a yeah, great line. A curveball. He's always saying that. <laughs> What a great line! Jay, Jay writes the way he, the way he, the way he talks sometimes. Like it's good. Though. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like you you know exactly the comedy he has when he yeah it made he me laugh. Made me yeah. laugh. Uh, so I have a piece out as well on what you just talked about: the difference in EMA, how things feel, how things look around uh, training camp. I know Richardson compared it to the Heat culture uh, that he played in for a couple of years at the beginning of his career. Obviously, he had the Smart Grant fight. I don't know if you. Had any thoughts on that situation, which was kind of weird a week or so ago? Um, yeah, I love it, and I love the fact that it had to do with flopping. Which used and to how be, about uh, Al? Used on to be Saturday. mo years ago, right? I like this too. Al coming out. I wasn't here last Saturday. I want to start. Like you know, hesitated first, yeah, da, 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 da. and then he caught himself and was like, "No, let me answer the question. I want to start." That was great. Um, yeah. I think a lot of guys are really competing here. And, you know, different roles got to be hashed out. Grant earned his, I felt like. Uh, Neesmith and Langford 
You know, they Brad set a challenge out to the young guys before camp. If they are an opportunity, they're an opportunity. But we look like an older team here this year. So overall, preseason's good. Troubling signs. COVID's in the room. That's not great after last year. Like, you know, I don't even think there's a lot going around the rest of the league from what I caught glimpsing around the different teams so far in terms of like pure COVID cases. So hard to blame guys for that. It's so random. I know Smart talked about that the other day when I asked him. Um, and then injuries. You don't like seeing that early either. Like, is this just going to be part two of last year with all the different things they dealt with on that front? We'll see. Opening night, Wednesday, we will talk about some more. Here's Joe Sway Pavone from Heavy.com and CLNS Media. Yes, and sir. Uh, we do have to give a quick shout-out as well to our new friends here at the Garden Report. From down the street, I'm up here in Peabody. They are in Salem. We wanted to give some love to Oh, Insta. man, you're right there. Look at you, Bobby. You get, your, you get your free sample yet? Not yet. I'll be heading down soon. But everybody on the North Shore talks about Insa because it's in Salem. Right down the street, right around the corner. Five Just in minutes. top of Halloween, too. Look at that. They could put our spider on the uh, roof. They put this giant inflatable spider on the roof. I saw it oh, today. Oh, yeah, right? You know what? I, I've never done the whole, like, Halloween in Salem thing. Like, you know, I did, like, the when you're a kid and you go for, like, school and stuff. I never actually, like, partied on Salem. I, I should get that done. Well, if you want to check them out, give them a call, 877-500-INSA. And uh, ooh. with that, we are done. Garn Report will see you on Wednesday.